Hey everyone and welcome to the Hashtag Career Goals podcast. I'm your host Adelaide Walsh and in each episode I interview incredible women on how they crafted their amazing careers, focusing on challenges, learnings and key milestones in the hopes to inspire our listeners. My guest today is Ishita Cabra. Ishita is the founder and CEO of Byrotation, the UK's first peer-to-peer fashion rental app. Byrotation allows you to rent designer fashion from your peers and lists brands such as Chanel, Gucci and Ghani. Last year, whilst on honeymoon, Ishita travelled to her motherland, Rajasthan. Here she witnessed the first-hand effects of textile waste. She felt compelled to change and bring about change, and so began her mission to change the way that we shop. Ishita launched Byrotation while still working full-time in her career investment banking. Since launching in October 2019, Byrotation has over 17,000 users, remains 100% self-funded, and has been featured in publications such as Vogue, Refinery29, and Forbes. In this interview, Ishita and I talk about what it takes to turn your side hustle into your main hustle, and the importance of sustainability in the fashion industry today. Without further ado, here's the interview. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for the invite. I kind of want to start at the beginning. So before your career began, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I was born in Rajasthan, Rajasthan, which is in India, and I moved to Singapore when I was two and a half years old. So my family emigrated there. And um, I guess when I, during my school days, I wanted to do something in marketing, something creative. Um, I used to be a graphic designer since I was 11 years old. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Neopets. I was really into graphic designing and I thought I wanted to be, you know, working at an ad agency and eventually at a brand. So I just wanted to do something creative that still sort of had a business angle to it. Did you kind of teach yourself graphic design or was there kind of an influence within your home or how did that come about? Yeah, I just, uh, as as I mentioned, I used to uh, be obsessed with Neopets.com, which is essentially like a virtual pet online. It's oh, okay. kind of like a Tamaguchi, but not really. It's a website. Oh, amazing. And yeah, and I started sort of seeing a lot of, um, you know, um, I guess online, you know, um, I saw like an online community of message boards and forums of web designers from across the world. So I downloaded Photoshop and I started, I started sort of learning more about it. And actually, that's probably also where my interest in fashion came about, you know, um, because I started sort of seeing a lot of people using fashion magazine cutouts um, to make layouts. So, um, you know, like graphic design um, templates with uh, collages of models and fashion yeah. and pretty colors. So I think that's actually, yeah, now thinking about it, it's actually where my interest in fashion came about. So you kind of wanted to work in marketing, et cetera, and was like fashion ever the industry that was in your head? Or was it just like, I want to just do anything in terms of advertising or marketing? Yeah, it was just, you know, generally advertising and marketing. And the reason why I wanted to do it was because I thought that I had good graphic design skills and an eye for aesthetics, which, uh, and, and also sort of a commercial sense. Again, again, I was very young at that point. Yeah. But, you know, I was selling my... I was selling my my graphic design on forums and on websites 
and you know earning money in my paypal account which was really different back in the day um and i think my parents once asked me what i was doing on my laptop at 2am because they were worried i was up to no good and they were shocked to find out i was actually earning money in my oh paypal my account so yeah. um so yeah so it kind of just you know made me want to do you know something that was creative but also business oriented and that's where i kind of saw advertising and marketing so it wasn't specifically for working you know for having accounts that were that were fashion brands i didn't even think of that to be honest yeah, so you had that kind of entrepreneurial streak within you from a very young age by the sounds of it. Yeah, so what did you end up actually studying in the end in university? So I actually went to the University of Virginia and uh, mm. I went there because it was ranked number one for its school of commerce. Um, when I went there, I didn't actually realize that you do liberal arts in American universities before you declare your major. Okay. And I, I realized I'd made a mistake um, because I, I already knew what I wanted to study. And that was business management. I wanted to do something that was related to, you know, commerce. So I ended up actually transferring to London at Casper's School, which is in the city of London. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up studying management, which is more, I suppose, for strategic consulting. So typically someone who, who would want to do such a degree would end up either being an entrepreneur or founding or um, ending up working at, I suppose, you know, one of these big consulting firms like BCG or McKinsey. Um, but I actually ended up specializing in finance after my second year uh, when I did a placement year in the industry. So your career in finance, how was that environment and what did it teach you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very, very, I suppose it was a very steep learning curve and I really enjoyed it. It was very challenging. Um, you know, I, I was I was around mostly males who were much older than me. I guess the average age was maybe, you know, 35 years old. And I had about, you know, 32 or 33, I guess, um, male team members. And, you know, it, it I, I suppose it kind of really helped me in um, it really sort of um, made me, you know, uh, more confident in myself. Yeah. And actually have um, a better self-esteem which I think is pretty important when you're just starting out as a graduate. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I actually think a lot of what I picked up and, and it's true what they say, you always pick it up in your early years. Um, and I, and I do think a lot of what I've learned in terms of, you know, my professionalism, my diligence, my commitment, my attention to detail, analytical skills. Um, it's all actually come from there. You know, I've had some incredible opportunities to be, you know, the only investment analyst in the room, um, asking the CEOs of very large banks why I should invest in their corporate bonds. I mean, that kind of stuff really, you know, makes you more confident in your own skill. You're at that age, I guess, where you're so new to your career, you want to impress, you want to, you're kind of really open to learning, etc. So you do put your best foot forward. And I think that's where your confidence begins, as you said. And it's invaluable to have kind of those opportunities at such a young age and at the start of your career. Yeah. And I think, you know, it it really sort of pushed me to think about, you know, what kind of career do I want to have? And this was the time for me to really prove that I can actually rise to the challenge and the occasion. Amazing. And did you, so you stayed in finance for, I think, what, five, six years? Six Uh, years, yeah. Six years. Did you during that time think, oh, I want to do more or I want to, I want my own company. 
I mean, right there and then, because, you know, it was so exciting to sort of, you know, be an investment analyst. Um, You know, I also spent uh, one and a half years or two years on the trading floor. It was all very exciting. And, you know, all you thought was about the world, you know, it totally sucks you in. So I remember when I was there, I was completely into it. You know, I wanted to become a portfolio manager within four and a half years. I wanted to, you know, be investing across the spectrum of the bonds I was looking at. So, you know, for me, that was, that was all that I was looking at and seeing. I think over time, you kind of realize the reality of it all, that there is a world outside finance um, that is moving as well. And, you know, and obviously I started realizing some things um, a year and a half ago when I went on my honeymoon. And that's actually how the idea of biorotation came around. Amazing. Okay. So tell me about that light bulb moment for biorotation. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I was beginning to think about fashion rental when I was planning my honeymoon in November, 2018, but it was only during my honeymoon that I realized fashion rental can't just be about accessing designer fashion mm-hmm. for cheaper prices, uh, which I think, you know, some of the incumbent players such as Rent the Runway focus on. Yeah, of course. When I was on my honeymoon in Rajasthan, again, going back to my motherland with my husband, I realized that there was incredible amounts of textile waste and a lot of it was made in India and it was being sent back to India and it went beyond the landfills. It was going into the rural areas of India where, you know, where where my relatives still live. And I couldn't help but feel that I was part of this problem because I also wanted to wear new outfits for my honeymoon you know, for holidays yes, to yeah. get my, I guess, to get my outfit of the day photo. Of or whatever, course, yeah, you know? the gram. And mm-hmm. exactly. And, and you know, a, a, you know the, this problem of overconsumption felt like it wouldn't be solved just by allowing people to access designer fashion cheaper. For me, it was more about creating a self-sustaining community that could just share amongst each other. And that's when I decided that I would come back from my honeymoon and found a platform that was very similar to Airbnb, but for quality fashion. Wow. Okay. That's really amazing. It's really interesting how experiences like that can inspire that idea because you probably, you know, before your honeymoon or before um, going back to Rajasthan, you probably didn't even have that reality in your head until you saw it firsthand and inspired all these ideas to kick in. Yeah. And, you know, it just felt more personal, I guess, because I saw it happening in my motherland to my people. Um, Okay. So it's, you know, it's definitely one thing having an idea, but it's a completely other thing to actually execute it. So how did you know, obviously you kind of just mentioned it's very personal, but how did you know that this is the idea that I'm going to actively pursue and put all my time and energy into it? Yeah. You know, actually on that, there's, there's quite a lot of people who I would say, you know, from what it seems like anyway, who have this, who, who feel like they have this calling to start a business or to do yeah. something of their own. And that's great. But I think, you know, that there needs to be a consideration of which opportunity is right for you. So for me, I felt that this idea of fashion rental being a community driven kind of business was right for me because I've always had a passion and an interest for fashion Mm-hmm. I've got a background in commerce, uh, you know, given my finance background. And I've been a web designer for most of my life, I suppose. Um, even though I didn't necessarily practice it anymore, I still understand how it works. 
and I've been lucky in that, you know, within my family. So my husband, you know, he's a computer scientist by training oh. and he's also a McKinsey management consultant. So we kind of had things in house that could make this idea come to reality. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. and I think it's very important that if you've got an idea, you, you have to think about how it makes sense for you to run this business because it might actually not be right for you at all. Yeah. And then you'd have to get a lot of outside help. And next thing you know, you're employing lots of people very early on to make this, you know, to make it a reality. So, you know, it was very important for me to make sure that any business idea that I come up with makes sense for me to, you know, give up a six year long career for as well, because I did have a high opportunity cost when I was leaving that career. Yes, of course. And I guess, as you just said, the pieces have to fit because I feel, as you say, a lot of people are like, I want to be a CEO. I want my own company. Let me pluck mm. an idea off the shelf or, you know, this yeah. idea, but has nothing to do with their lifestyle. It has nothing to do with their skill set, you know, and it's a lot of wasted energy. But also I feel like the motivation and passion makes you go through the days where you're saying this isn't going to work, but your motivation and passion keeps you going and sees it through. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And, you know, as you said, if it's something that doesn't fit into your daily lifestyle anyway, then it's going to be kind of hard when this stuff gets challenging to motivate yourself to be really, really excited about, uh, about this. So you have this idea, you're truly passionate about it. Where do you even start? Um, I feel like, again, that's probably the hardest thing for people. It's like, where do I begin? You know, people see this multi-dollar company, but they're like, how will I ever get there? So where do you even start? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm a big proponent of um, doing things very lean. Um, I guess that again comes from the way that I was brought up. Um, you know, my parents are entrepreneurs and they're very, you know, they've, they've, they have the saying, which is money saved is money earned. So I've always kind of grown up with that and I love a good deal. Yes, <laughs> I'm amazing. all about value. It's a great way to and, be, yeah. Exactly. Especially when you're just experimenting and you know it's a product that's very different. The service that we're offering is it's pretty different. It's not very it's not very common. Like people still need to get their head around it even to date. So I knew that I wanted to test it by, you know, having the most cost effective um, method possible. And I did that by um, creating a minimum viable product or MVP. Mm-hmm. And that's very much like a prototype. So it's, um, so, you know, I had a test platform on a, on a web, you know, that was a web-based te- test platform or a beta platform that I, you know, designed over the weekend. It was very ugly. I was still working full time, but it did all the basic functionality that you needed for a peer-to-peer rental platform. So you could create listings, you, sorry, you could create a profile, you could create listings, you could um, rent items, you could message each other, and you could leave feedback. And, and that's really what you need for a peer-to-peer platform anyway. Yeah. So it was ugly. And I, I, know, I know that fashion industry can be quite, the fashion industry can be quite judgmental, which, you know, which makes people feel like, oh no, when I'm going to reveal my product, um, it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But because because I'm not from that industry, that maybe actually helped me, where I didn't end up spending loads of money to you know impress the people that are around me. Yeah. So I, I think I think that actually, to be honest, really helped in us being very very conscious of our budget 
and how exactly we were going to do testing to end up creating a product that was actually wanted rather than the product that I think looks pretty and perfect. Yes, that's such a good point. So, okay, so get the basics down, kind of utilize again your skill set. That's really impressive that you're able to kind of pull up those skill set because I guess that again owes to your kind of background, your interests, yourself that you've learned. And I think it's a great point that you make. People want something to go out perfect and they mm-hmm. literally will, will not release until it's perfect. You can rebuild your brand and your identity along the journey. What you really need to understand is getting your product right from the outset. And that will require a lot of testing. And testing costs money. So you want to do each test as cost-effectively as possible. So tell me a bit more about testing. So how did you begin testing yourself to kind of prove to yourself that, okay, this, people are picking this up, people are interested, I'm going to run with this now? Yeah, um, you know, uh, very similar to Vestia Collective, I enlisted, you know, friends, family, you know, people who are close and near to me to start listing their items on the very ugly platform. And then, you know, we started, you know, we created an Instagram account and we just started sort of, you know, trying to build organic following through that. And then, you know, we started running like a few, um, I would say kind of very, very, you know, everything's made at home kind of, um, you know, simple ads, you know, shot with your iPhone yes, yeah. um, about the concept. And that started getting public, that started getting, you know, more attention uh, beyond just our group of friends and families. Soon enough, you know, um, we had people signing up from across the country And then we also had transactions happening, you know, within London, you know, within different cities of the UK. And, you know, we're picked up by a couple of press outlets, national and a bit more of a cult following. So we had The Guardian, Lucy Siegel, and we had um, Refinery29. And, And that's how it kind of started becoming more and more real, that this was something that, you know, people do want. Uh, and we need to start thinking about what the end product should look like. But, um, you know, it all starts with the, um, with, you know, the innovators or, and early adopters, as you call it. Amazing. Okay, so starting small, thorough testing and kind of using your network. And I guess if it has, you know, if it's delivering value, it will naturally grow and create engagement around the people mm-hmm who are going to be your kind of loyal customers and people who actually want it. So it's kind of quality over quantity at the beginning, really. Yeah. Um, Okay, brilliant. That's so exciting. Um, So I guess, okay, so you're still working in finance at this time. How did you kind of manage that, split that time between your day job? Because I imagine that was quite demanding being in that kind of industry and your side hustle, you know, how was that time split? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, getting really, really bad where I began outsourcing my, um, you know, the tasks for buy rotation um, to people in, to do my social media and to start doing the PR. Uh, But I thought about outsourcing them to freelancers because I knew these weren't, you know, I I didn't have the skill set for them, nor did I have the network of connections for them. So I chose to out to start, you know, outsourcing my outsourcing some of these responsibilities to freelancers who I would pay with my salary for my day job yes yeah and it worked really well for a while in the beginning and I think it was a great way to do it to be honest Mm -hmm. but I think um I think it was the month of London Fashion Week in September 
where things were just going crazy. You know, I was doing deliveries from my, de my desk at my day job and I would leave my desk too many times, which, which is not really something you do in finance. I mean, you usually have lunch at your desk as well. Okay. So it, it started getting to a point where I was like, I think that I'm letting, I'm letting either of my jobs affect the other job and I need to stop choosing which one do I really want, you know, and which one's going to take me to a place that I want to be. And that's when I came to the very difficult position of leaving my career in finance. So I would say it, it was very difficult, but it just came from a reality check that this is not something that I can sustain for a very long time. And it shouldn't be either because it was getting to a point where I wasn't able to do a lot of interviews or, you know, go for events that were happening in the daytime because I'd be at my desk job. Yeah. So it was hindering the growth of fire rotation. And I truly believed and believed in fire rotation. So for you to give 100% to either one of the jobs, you had to make that really difficult choice. At what point should the success of the business be for you to be like, okay, I can leave my comfortable paycheck, my secure job um, to, to risk it all now? Yeah, I think uh, we were launching our final product. Well, not final, but like we were launching our main product um and that was launching in october and that was the same day that i left my career did you ever have a plan b like if this didn't work out i was going to go back to finance or no there's there's no plan b it's, yeah. it's all planned by rotation <laughs> amazing so talk to me a bit about getting into the fashion industry what what would your advice be in terms of breaking an industry you don't have a lot of connections you're kind of unknown what's important of networking or putting yourself out there and leveraging your personal brand yeah I think I was kind of um I was trying to dissect um you know the success touch with that we've had so far and I think I was discussing this with my husband and he was saying the truth is the only reason why you made all these connections and were was really able to break into you know the sustainability um industry and the fashion industry is because you showed up everywhere so, you know, and I think I still do that, obviously not during lockdown, but I never say no to any opportunity. I always show up to any events, any, you know, any sort of um, information, you know, session, um, any kind of business summit. I really believe in the butterfly effect. You know, you think that maybe, you know, this is too small. I, I You know, why should I go here? Why should I do this? But actually it's, you know, it's a culmination of all these things that really end up kind of helping you, you know, you know, take that next step forward. So I think, you know, my biggest advice would be don't discount anything, um, you know, show up to everything. No one's too big. No one's too small. I think you do great at putting your face into the by rotation in terms of marketing and PR and kind of using your story um, to promote it as well. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually worry that it. Sometimes I worry, and I was having this discussion again last night with my husband. Sometimes I worry that it's too much, and I, I, you know, for me, by rotation is really about the community. It's yeah. not meant to be about me, you know, as, as a founder or CEO. But you know, obviously, I do. You know, the values that I find important in life, you know, obviously they do get imbibed into the by rotation culture. I kind of think the age we live in now around social media, that it helps a lot when a CEO is very present. I heard you speak before I knew by, by rotation. I was like, oh, she's cool. I kind of in female entrepreneurship stuff. Let me follow her. Let me look more into her brand. So I do think, you know, it's definitely a positive thing to do. 
Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's always good to get some reassurance. Yeah, no, you're doing amazing. Okay, so complete startup. I want to just talk about funding. So I, I believe by rotation is self-funded. Tell me a bit about investment or your thoughts around the decision to make by rotation self-funded and what you should look for an investor if you even have considered that. Yeah, I um I penned an article for EcoAge recently. It's it's seven tips for a startup um in the sustainable industry. And I, I suppose I I would say and, and I know it sound it might sound outlandish considering I used to work in, you know, capital markets mm-hmm. and you know, it, you would think that it's great to take on investments and and all of that. But actually and, and a lot of people who who are successful entrepreneurs and CEOs would also agree with this. Um, you should try and keep the company um, 100% owned by you and your co-founders or you know the founding team as far as possible. It's just, it, it's very important, especially at the stage that we are at in biorotation, it's very important that we have a clear vision and you know long-term objectives and goals. And um, it's very important to have those very clear um, because you need to know what is, what is your, you know, you know, why, why are you actually existing? And I think if you start to bring on, you know, investors, you have too many people with too many opinions. So, you know, if you do bring investors on, they need to be giving you money beyond just cash flow. Okay. That's, that's my personal advice. And that's what I live by. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't just take someone's money because I need cash flow. Um, it would be because they bring something more to the table, whether that it's whether they're particular skills or experiences or network and connections. Um, it has to be. It has to be beyond just money. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So someone who I guess aligns with your values, and maybe they invest in similar companies as well, so they kind of know that market and know how that works. Yeah. You know, would they be helpful 10 years later when you're doing, I don't know, Series B or C of funding, you know, okay. or would they just come in the way? Branching from that mentorship. Do you have a mentor? What is your view on the importance of mentorship? Um, I, I, I haven't really formalized the relationship, but I mm-hmm. see them as a mentor. Okay. And, I, and, and it's more like a recent thing as well. So I wouldn't say it's something that you need to have. I think it would be nice. And, you know, um, if you have someone that you really respect, who's willing to give you the time, that's incredible. You know, don't say no, you should definitely take it. But um, I don't think it's the end of the world if you don't have anyone yet. It, you know, don't, don't forget about, you know, the people who look up to you because they're also cheerleading for you. I think it's important to think about them too. Um, yeah, I, I feel, because I, I, I remember being in a state where I, you know, in a stage where I would be the one you know, messaging someone who I really look up to. And maybe if I don't get a message that kind of, you know, I don't get a reply that kind of, you know, makes you feel, oh, I'm not important enough. And I feel like you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't overlook your cheerleaders. That's a great advice. By rotation, what has been your biggest challenge and your biggest success since starting this brand? Um, I think biggest challenge is, really convincing and educating people that renting is the right way of consuming fashion. So it's all about sharing, Um, you know, whether you're borrowing from your sister or your friend, 
or renting from a complete stranger. Um, it is the new way forward. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's something that need, that requires a shift in mindset. So I think that has been a challenge and that will be a challenge. But I think, you know, with, with people becoming more and more aware of climate change and, you know, the impact that the fashion industry has on it, especially now that we've been seeing supply chains break down during the pandemic. I think this is actually going to be supportive for the fact that people realize they need to slow down their consumption and, yeah. you know, they can still have new, but they can do that by sharing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a huge shift towards sustainability since working in retail for the last five years, it is, you know, everyone is looking to it now. And I think it's, as you said, the education part, because people still see, you know, fast fashion or they'll see kind of luxury fashion and they're like, that's desirable or that's convenient. But it's kind of like, what is the actual impact of these different, um, these different brands, etc. So I think that education piece is so important. And I just think it's amazing the, that that is at the central core of your kind of mission for BioRotation. What Thank is you. What has been your biz- biggest success? Perhaps just Ooh, launching. <laughs> big, yeah, the app launching, um, us hitting the 15,000 users mark. And, um, and I guess Stacey Dooley, who's now incredible. renting out her incredible. Yeah, she's renting out a lot of amazing pieces from her wardrobe, you know, from her Strictly Come dancing tour to uh, pieces such as, you know, like her Chanel bag, her Gucci bag, her old Celine bags. She's been very, very generous and she's donating all the rental proceeds to uh, Refuge, which is a charity that tackles domestic violence. And I think that came out of nowhere. Um, She approached us. We had been chatting a few times, but she just reached out out of nowhere. And next thing you know, she's FaceTiming me. And I'm like, oh my God, Stacey, I, I wore a bra just for this, for this FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're a big deal. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, I had met her, uh, her boyfriend, Kevin, before briefly when we had lent him something. But no, it's, it's, she's incredible. And, and I, think, I think why it's so important for me to say that, you know, someone such as Stacey Dooley is one of our main successes. It's not because, you know, we really want celebrities or something like that on the app. But it's more because she has mainstream um, appeal. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's really about bringing the concept of sharing through rental to everyone in the UK, you know, not just, you know, London or a particular neighborhood or community within London. It's really about, you know, including everyone in this. And, you know, and, and I really want to make quality fashion accessible for, you know, everyone regardless of their socioeconomic status or you know you know where they live um you know if it's even if they're in like a rural town outside york you know i I want them to know that this is what you can do instead of buying from another fast fashion company to follow a trend and and that's what she is she has helped us do by supporting us completely yeah amazing um okay so give me one line what is the vision for biorotation five to ten years to transform the way that people consume fashion and to enable them to share via self-sustaining community amazing incredible okay so one last i guess career question what is your advice for someone who's in their career and maybe 
want to start their own business? Um, I think I would, again, this, this is my advice and it's something that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. I would say to start testing on the side, um, whether it's in the evenings and the weekends, um, and you have to be prepared to give up your social life. Um, I didn't have a social life uh, for a good eight months before I finally left my job. I think I still don't have one though. Yeah. But no one does right now. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's okay. No FOMO. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I really, I would strongly encourage um, testing it on the side. You know, as I'm, a, I'm a big, you know, proponent of side hustles uh, before just sort of leaving it. You know, I'm not someone who's going to say, just do it. Okay. So start small again and test. Um, exactly. There's just, I just feel like there's too many, um, there's just been too many like direct to consumer brands and, and, you know, just too many people who, who feel like, you know, they have to be an entrepreneur because they've seen it in the media. And honestly, you know, as, as they say, Instagram is just, you know, an high, a highlight reel. There's so much in the background that you don't know. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's, there's too much glamour around being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. or, or yeah. changing careers or paths but you know that and that's why I say you know do it on the side and test it and see if it's really for you yeah people put their best foot forward for Instagram or you know the media highlights successes but you know you never really see the behind the scenes the struggle exactly the okay so I always finish these podcasts with being super nosy and just getting your recommendations completely separate to career i want to know a book that changed your life a skincare product and your favorite restaurant in london um yeah so a book that inspired or changed my life it actually has nothing to do with birotation uh i'm actually not really into non-fiction so um it's called the remains of a day it's by kazuo ishiguro um i would really recommend this book to anyone who has uh sort of long-term career um just to sort of question the goal and the aim of it all it's it's about an english butler who who serves for a household for all of his life oh, so i think i think you can yeah i think there's been actually a movie on it as well with um anthony hopkins who i love by the way oh yes, um yeah. yeah but the book is fantastic um and as for skincare product uh i'm not really big into beauty really? um, however I but I'm I'm Indian so I love turmeric I do really believe that it brings radiance to my skin oh, and uh, yeah and I love turmeric lattes um, and I also like the um, Kiehl's Kiehl's has that Kiehl's. purple purple serum that you put at night midnight something oh midnight. yeah or midnight recovery oil that's it that's but the one midnight recovery oil yeah, oh my uh, god. No, 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 just yes. the serum. The, the serum, serum the oil. And I actually do see a do see a difference in the morning. Yeah. So I really like that. Uh and I'm very basic. And as for a restaurant in London, um, I actually love pizza because I'm also I, I'm very simplistic when it comes to my food. Amazing. Can't I love home slice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, love home love slice. Love home slice. Um great for a date, also to hang out with your friends, perfect. Um yeah. and if I had to pick something a bit fancier, I would probably go for Indian accent, okay. uh, which is in Mayfair. The food is really good. And I say that as an Indian. Oh, brilliant. Great recommendation. I love a restaurant recommendation. I'm always like, where else can I eat? Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. It's been great. You've been great and amazing advice. And 
best of luck with everything to do with biorotation. Thank you so much again, Adelaide.